RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. An advocacy group warns that the latest power price rise will hit the poor particularly hard. Officials lift a lockdown in Chimsa Choi after 12 hours with no COVID cases found. And billionaire Henry Cheng becomes the biggest shareholder in pay TV operator iCable. A pressure group says the latest rise in power prices will hit grassroots residents in subdivided flats particularly hard. HK Electric and CLP announced yesterday that charges would rise by 7% and 5.8% respectively from next year. A member of the concerning Grassroot Housing Rights Alliance, Kenny Ng, said many landlords overcharged subdivided tenants for electricity and predicted this would get worse after the power price rise. In subdivided flats, those residents are charged are being charged with a, a relatively higher price than those charged by the electricity company. So uh, they are afraid that if the electricity fee is higher, and uh, in, uh, the increment will be shifted from the landlord to them again, and it will charge them a relatively higher price in the future. Health authorities have lifted the lockdown at the Harbour Pinnacle building in Chimsa Choi. Around 300 residents were tested and no COVID cases were found. The lockdown, which lasted 12 hours, was imposed after an aircrew member who lived in the building was found to have contracted a mutant coronavirus variant. There were also concerns about his high viral load and the fact his job meant he was exempt from quarantine. Robert Kemp has more. The upmarket residential building on Minden Avenue was sealed off at 7pm yesterday for compulsory testing after a resident tested preliminary positive for a mutant COVID strain. 29-year-old man who works as a Cathay Cargo flight crew member had arrived from Hong Kong on Saturday on a flight from Germany. He initially tested negative for COVID at the airport, but as a routine follow-up test in Yao Mate on Monday, he tested preliminary positive with a high viral load. His specimen also had the L452R mutant strain, which is found in the highly infectious Delta variant, among others. The man was one of four imported preliminary positive cases reported by the Centre for Health Protection late yesterday. Another of the four, a 57-year-old man, was a crew member on the same flight from Germany. Residents of the house he lives in have been quarantined. His test also showed the L452R variant, though his viral load was lower. The Deposit Protection Board says a recent poll it commissioned suggests that Hong Kong people are saving the smallest amount of money since 2018, as the pandemic continues to hit home. It interviewed a 1,000 people and says respondents said they put away $6,600 on average every month. That's $400 less than last year. Results also showed that only half as many people are setting monthly savings targets compared to 2020. Billionaire Henry Cheng has reached a deal that will make him the largest shareholder in pay TV operator iCable. The property developer revealed in an exchange filing that he had agreed in late September to pay around 2.09 billion Hong Kong dollars to buy out David Chu and Lee C. Lim's shares in Forever Top, the company that owns 43.2% of iCable. After the deal, Mr Cheng will take control of Forever Top, with his shares in the company going up from 31.5% to 72%. iCable shares surged nearly 28% when it resumed trading this morning after a five-week suspension. A US judge has ruled that a congressional committee investigating the January the 6th attack on Congress can access some of former President Trump's White House records. The judge rejected an argument by Mr Trump's lawyers that records should be hidden from the investigation. The BBC's Peter Bowes has more. 
The committee wants to see telephone records, visitor logs and other White House documents that could shed some light on the events leading up to the attack on Congress. Members of the committee say they want to understand the role Mr Trump may have played in fomenting the riot. The former president requested an injunction to keep the documents under wraps, but US District Judge Tanya Chutkin ruled that the National Archives, the federal agency that holds Mr Trump's White House records, should comply with the committee's request. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson will urge governments to bridge any remaining gaps between them at the COP26 climate change conference in Glasgow later today. Negotiators from nearly 200 countries are trying to reach agreement on a common time frame for emissions reductions. The BBC's Steve Jackson reports. Boris Johnson will return to Glasgow today to press government ministers and other senior delegates to go further with their commitments. He'll tell them it's necessary to pull out all the stops to have a hope of keeping global temperature rises to 1.5 degrees. The summit organisers also hope to secure agreement on a common methodology for reporting action on climate change. Although this is a technical issue, it will help to ensure commitments made at the conference are translated into measurable progress. The extent to which countries fulfil these pledges will determine the fate of our planet. Research at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean suggests climate change is undermining the sea's capacity to absorb carbon emissions. The iAtlantic project, which includes scientists from around the world, used robots to sample the ocean floor hundreds of kilometres off the coast of West Africa. Professor Murray Roberts from the University of Edinburgh says they found as global temperatures climb, less carbon can be stored in the sea. In this abyssal ocean that covers 60% of our planet, we're finding that under higher temperatures, we can store less carbon in these places. The ecosystems are turning the carbon over faster. They're running at at a higher temperature more quickly, and they're going to release more carbon in the future. And that's really worrying. Instagram says it will clarify one of its new features after a viral trend that used the photo-sharing site's newly launched sticker function was deemed to be misleading. The BBC's Olivia Noon has the story. More than 4 million users shared images of their animals using the sticker which carried the caption, we'll plant a tree for every pet picture. However, when users clicked on the sticker, it didn't attribute it to an author as it should have done and questions were raised about who would be planting all of those trees. Now the account Plant a Tree Co is claiming it created the original post. It says it deleted the sticker after 10 minutes when it realised it wouldn't be able to meet its pledge, but that didn't stop it from being shared. A state of emergency has come into force in Lithuania as the country grapples with a surge in illegal immigration from neighbouring Belarus. Reports from neighbouring Poland say two large groups of migrants breached a border fence and entered the country from Belarus, although some were caught and sent back. Both Poland and Lithuania have been trying to strengthen border security to prevent migrants crossing. Most of them are men from the Middle East, Afghanistan and Africa. The Secretary-General of the Norwegian Refugee Council, Jan Egerland, criticised the treatment of migrants. What I've seen is absolutely abject scenes at the European frontier, which is Poland's frontier to Belarus. You cannot say that you're defending a European Christian civilization if you meet desperate people with barbed wire and the army with guns in their hand. Mexico's top official in charge of fighting corruption and money laundering has resigned after being criticised over his opulent wedding in Guatemala. The luxurious nuptials involved 300 guests, including several politicians. Here's the BBC's Alex Ritson. 
Santiago Nieto's job was to lead the Mexican government's effort to root out corruption and money laundering, a personal crusade of President Manuel López Obrador, who sees graft as one of the country's main problems. While the president rejected his invitation to the wedding, saying public servants should act with moderation and austerity, many others from the top of Mexican society had no such qualms. Mexico City's tourism minister has already resigned after flying in for the party on a private jet. Mr Nieto has tweeted that the wedding was a personal and transparent event and he remains loyal to the president. Two diamond bracelets, once owned by the last Queen of France, Marie Antoinette, have sold at auction in Switzerland for more than eight million US dollars. Marie Antoinette sent the jewellery away in a wooden box for safekeeping before she was guillotined during the French Revolution. Both bracelets were successfully smuggled out of the country and remained within the family for more than 200 years. Christie's international head of jewellery, Rahul Kadakia, conducted the sale. There were multiple bidders, the client in the room, a couple of clients on the phone. The estimate was two to four million. That's how excited collectors were to try and acquire a real piece of history that has remained in the same family for 200 years. In the end, the bracelets achieved eight million dollars, really an astonishing price for a really great jewel. Back locally and longtime Hong Kong-based correspondent Harvey Stockwin has died, aged 88, after a long battle with cancer. He reported on and analysed Asian developments from 1955, including for 18 years on RTHK's award-winning weekly radio programme Reflections from Asia. Mr Stockwin was also a regular contributor to regional publications, including the Japan Times and the South China Morning Post and was the East Asia correspondent of the Times of India. He had been living with cancer since 2015 when he left Hong Kong to retire in the Philippines. Back to financial news, official figures show that wholesale inflation on the mainland hit a 26-year high in October, while consumer inflation rose on the back of soaring energy prices and coronavirus outbreaks. The National Bureau of Statistics said the producer price index, which measures the cost of goods at the factory gate, rose to 13.5% in October, with rises in 36 out of 40 industrial sectors. Factory inflation in China has been rising for four straight months. Meanwhile, the consumer price index picked up more than expected in October, rising 1.5% on year, up from 0.7% in September. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,530. That's 289 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $65 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 112.78 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 55 cents. Sports now. Mainland tennis player Wang Xin Yu has recorded the biggest win of her career. The 20-year-old from Sanjian defeated US Open champion Emma Raducanu in the last 16 of the Linz Open in Austria. Ranked 106th in the world, Wang dominated the first set to pull out a 6-1-6-7-7-5 win. She'll play the American Alexson Risk in the quarterfinals. The result puts an end to Raducanu's breakthrough season. The British teenager climbed into the world's top 20 this week and is expected to announce Torben Belts as her new coach. Belts has previously worked with former world number one Angelique Kerber. Today's first semi-final match at Cricket's T20 World Cup brings together England and New Zealand, who met in the 2019 50-overs World Cup final, which was won by England. 
The two sides play in Abu Dhabi, while the second semi-final between Australia and Pakistan takes place tomorrow in Dubai. The New Zealand pace bowler Tim Southey says they've been doing their homework on Joss Butler and the rest of England's batting lineup. There's a lot of footage out there. And now, especially at the back end of the tournament, you've got a five games to, to go back and, and look over. So, um, yeah, not only Joss, but I know there's a number of other dangerous players throughout the England batting lineup, and um, and they're a very attacking um, side. So um, it's a great challenge for us. Our, our bowlers have, have uh, been terrific so far in the tournament. So um, we'll be looking to, to continue that. Um, but we know it's a, a new challenge and, and a tough challenge against an, an aggressive England T20 side. England's Liam Livingston holds the record for the biggest six of the tournament so far at 112 metres. It was one of three in a row off South Africa's Kagiza Rabada on Saturday. With opener Jason Roy out injured for the rest of the tournament, Livingston knows there could be more opportunities for him to step up. It's certainly something we train for. I guess we're, a, we're sort of in an entertainment business, so I guess crowds want to want to see big sixes. So um, it's certainly something we, we do train hard for. We obviously spend a lot of time in the gym to try and build up our strength and then do a lot of range hitting in the middle to, to see how far we can hit it. So it was nice to sort of get some time in the middle and, and get back to that feeling of batting in a game. We've obviously done loads of work in the nets as a middle order, but we haven't really had the chance to, to get out there in the middle. So it was nice to, to get that opportunity. Cricket writer Isabel Westbury says today's match could be fascinating, with one player in particular getting the most attention. You can't go far wrong with with Joss Butler. I mean, he's just come into the tournament in form. We know already that he's an innovative player, that he's a lucrative um, T20 franchise signing. But in this tournament, he's really come into his own and and, and bolstered that, that top order for England, got them off to flying starts and quite often got on and made some really significant innings. And he's... Um, yeah, leading the way as far as England concerned and behind only Babar Azam. 24 runs behind Babar Azam in the, in the leading run scorer. Rohit Sharma has been named the new captain of India's T20 side. He replaces Virat Kohli, who had announced his decision to step down in September. Kohli remains the skipper of the one-day and test teams. Next to football, where Chelsea have gone top of their group in the Women's Champions League after winning 7-0 against Swiss champion Servette. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes says the match was more difficult than the scoreline suggests. It wasn't easy. They worked their socks off in the first half. I said to my assistants that were in the gantry at half-time, I said, pitch side, you have no idea how quick that it, that was. So credit to the players. Like they really they decided they wanted to go up a level and my job was just to put the challenge there to them and yeah, I thought we were outstanding. Quick look at the weather forecast. It'll be fine and very dry with moderate northerly winds occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook mainly fine and very dry in the next few days. Currently, the observed tree 24 degrees Celsius, humidity at 31%. And please be advised the red fire danger warning is currently enforced. News and weather, RTHK. <laughs>
Just one. 